I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name is Mike Connors, and as always, I have my Chewy, my Buryaga, Christian Buckley. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you for asking. How are you? It's December. It's, it's December. It's chilly. Yeah, it's chilly. I am sort of like feeling the Christmas spirit. Do you like Christmas music, Christian? I started listening the day after Halloween, I think. Oh, okay. All right. So you're you're an early adopter of the Christmas music then. Yeah. Nothing I, wrong with that. Like November 1st, I listened to like three songs and then I haven't listened to any until like this past week. So I, I break it in, but I don't put it in the rotation for a bit. Yeah. No, nah, I don't know. Just, you know, put up the tree recently, getting, in the, getting into the holiday spirit, you know. That's, Very that's, nice. That's what I've been up to. Uh, what have you been up to? Anything good recently? Um, just work stuff, really. Getting ready for the holidays. Uh, Joy Clicks is doing Game Awards stuff. Got um, a Hall of Game coming up this month. And I'm trying to figure out Game of the Year still. So that's really it. But I mean, like, Halo's on the horizon. I'm watching these Star Wars movies all all season been pretty busy with content you know <laughs> definitely uh yeah we're actually recording this on tuesday and uh halo is yet to come out but christian and i are very excited for that <laughs> oh yeah big time i think i could speak for you with, with that anyways Absolutely. uh <laughs> i and and you're right uh the holiday season to me is definitely a time in which i uh watch star wars more often i think uh so it's been it's been good to like you know watch that kind of stuff and just unplug uh but speaking of star wars uh we have a star wars podcast here and we always started off with from the jedi archives a bit a little segment that christian and i do where we go onto wikipedia the star wars wiki and we take an article uh whether that be canon or otherwise and we bring it to the table and we educate each other on it so uh, Christian, I'll have you go first this time. What did you pick to bring to the table for from the Jedi Archives? So I chose polystarch portion bread. Bread? Okay. Wait, hold on. Can I guess what this is? Yes. Uh, is it the bread stuff that Rey uses in The Force Awakens? It is indeed. Polystarch portion yes. bread, also known as portion bread or simply polystarch, was a type of self-rising bread made by combining polystarch flour with water to trigger a chemical reaction. Um, in 5 ABY, the Battle of Jakku between the New Republic and the Galactic Empire left behind a starship graveyard with many wrecks containing polystarch ration packs that Unkar Plot used to control the food supply at Nima Outpost. Interesting. Unkar Plot. He's always... He's always giving me less portions than what my stuff is for always scheming out there you know he's always scheming us. you know mike that's what that's just what happens with a free market society you know sometimes you get the people that just rise up yeah well that's what i mean uh like uncar plutty is just a capitalist i guess you know? yeah wow so much so much cultural commentary in the force awakens <laughs> <laughs> uh what did you pick this week uh so i picked uh a planet i feel like we don't often pick planets we uh, don't would you agree i, I agree uh, but I, yeah so i picked the planet jetta nice uh so jetta from star wars uh rogue one or rogue one a star wars story 
It was also known as the Pilgrim Moon, or as the Cold Moon. It was a desert moon in the Jetta system, the galaxy's mid-rim. And it was sort of blown up. Uh, well, it was... It, it, the Empire used it for its kyber crystals, and it was blown up by the Empire in the first use of the Death Star, which we mm-hmm. do get to see in Rogue One. So, um, yeah, that significantly changed the planet, as you can imagine. Bold move for the Empire to blow up their main source of kyber crystals, because what if, God forbid, the Death Star blew up and they needed another one? This is so true. This is so true. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we we understand that eventually they found either an alternative way to do what they did, <laughs> or they found or they found kyber crystals. Again. Yeah, maybe maybe they were able to salvage the crystal from the wreckage. How hard is it to break a kyber crystal? Do we know this? Uh, I mean, probably pretty hard. You know, I, yeah. I would imagine. But uh, yeah, so it's probably just floating in space, right where Jedi used to be. Probably. Well, all right. So uh, now that we've done these two excellent picks, Christian, thank you for bringing uh, that to the table. Oh, uh, of course. Though, I always love doing this. Yes, even though I got it right off the top. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to jump into some uh, the top headlines from the past week and some Star Wars news. Uh, and I'd say probably the biggest thing that happened, there, it was relatively quiet week, I'd say. Uh, but the biggest thing that happened was uh, that Star Wars Hunters the zynga game that is being released on nintendo switch and mobile uh finally got a gameplay trailer uh which looks pretty interesting for sure um we we've been long speculating on jedi knights about what this game is going to be what it is because until this point we really hadn't seen much except for a few screenshots here and there um and so yeah it was good to see a little taste of of what this is um so it's mostly 4v4 matches um and you you sort of just seem to embody a character and play as them for the whole match so interesting stuff what do you think about it yeah i mean they said it was going to be a arena multiplayer game it looks like an arena multiplayer game you know um true for better or worse i'll say for a game that's like built around mobile first but also coming to switch it looks like surprisingly not full featured but like it looks like you actually control in a way similar to maybe like the older battlefront games am i off no i don't think you're off at all i mean it's third person over the shoulder Mm -hmm. kind of like kind of like those earlier games Um, so yeah i don't i don't say you're off at all it does seem as though that each character has their own abilities which may change how they uh, you know perform on on like a controller or something like that yeah and as far as i can tell the objective of this is similar to a like a league of legends or a Mm -hmm. for 2021 pokemon unite where it's like it's a moba of you got to bank points and get kills which i think can be fun destiny has a mode like that that i really love called gambit so i i'm curious i want to check this out for sure yeah, no, it, it is going to be very, very interesting. Um, I'm wondering, it probably won't exclusively be on Apple Arcade because it's going to be on the Switch too. So I just answered my own question here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, interestingly enough, though, as much as we're seeing some more uh, you know, footage and content coming from Star Wars Hunters, we still, we still don't have a release date. 
Um, and it's looking like 2021 is not going to happen. Uh, you know, just saying. There's only 23 days, 24 days left in the year. So. <laughs> yeah. So as far as I know, I think it might have like soft launched. So like there might be some tests ongoing for a closed group, but I know as far as yeah, to do at first, yeah. As far as like a, can I go to get this now? You're right. I kind of doubt it's 2021. I mean, I do think probably early 2022, maybe like a February or March sort of deal. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, game awards are this week. Uh, I could see a world where, surprise, you can download it right now because every award show, or not award show, but every conference loves having a shadow drop like that. So maybe for That's Star true. Wars, but who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll definitely be checking it out. I probably will get it on the Switch, though. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I maybe a hot take. I feel like mobile games have a bad rap at this point just because like where they began but i've messed with some mobile games that i've enjoyed in the last five years so i mean like for god's sakes fortnite genshin impact all those games PUBG, you can play on your phone and they're just normal games just on your phone you know so yeah yeah i don't know i feel like uh this could be solid because i liked fortnite for a while so if this works the reverse way then yeah i'm down you know would you play Fortnite on your phone? I guess that's the question. I did at work a couple times in college when it was uh, my, my, my breaks. You know, I, I messed around a little bit and it, it worked solid. It worked fine. Yeah, right. Only on the breaks. Oh, of course. Only on the breaks. <laughs> I was professional. Yeah. No, I played PUBG on the phone and everything like that. I think the, the problem for me, at least with like phone gaming and not to get off on too much of a tangent, it's just hard. The controls can be really difficult. Um for sure. Just because, yeah. So. Anyways, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to be something that I'll be playing on the Switch, uh, and I'll definitely check it out, see what it's all about. Uh, some Sometime in 2022, we have that to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, so, got some quick hits here first. Uh, we got this interesting headline from uh, Hasbro. So, if, if were you aware of this? So, there was a Rancor campaign going that if they had like x amount of backers they would put this like 400 dollar black series rancor into production and uh did you hear about this i did but i did not look into it but i did hear that it was a thing that was ongoing yeah yeah so it ended uh, last night so on monday and it set a target goal of nine thousand backers and it only got eight thousand four hundred and fifty four which, which, you know, is really close, really, really close. And uh, a lot of people are upset uh, that this is not going into production. Hasbro actually added, like, a Malakili, like, the Rancor Keeper guy from mm-hmm. uh, Return of the Jedi, an action figure of him as, like, a bonus to, like, sweeten the, sweeten the deal, but still didn't get over the threshold. So, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean having a prototype for this and getting people to try and hop on board for it probably makes the most sense of how to go about this considering that like seemingly it was a very high effort piece you know and it was going to be i imagine limited stock of uh, availability so 
I, I guess it makes sense to go about it this way. It's, it just reminds me, I feel like there was like a video game pre-order thing one time that was like, oh, if everybody pre-orders, you get the ending of the game. And it was like, that's weird. Um, but here, being like a tangible physical collector's item, I understand why not meeting the uh, the threshold would end in, um, you know, not getting it produced. I mean, I can't say as much as I think Rancors are cool, I'd want to have a Black Series Rancor, but they do have, like, cool Rancor teeth cups and stuff like that that I've seen that I'd buy, you know? But, right. Yeah, I mean, like, I would say that I, like, I very, very casually collect Star Wars Black Series figures, and I would not really be interested, personally, in a Rancor, uh, not only because of the high price point, but also just, like, why? Um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like you know I, I i understand why people are frustrated about this um because it did get really close i mean like 8400 is is close yeah very but, close uh, yeah interesting stuff though i i just never i've never really seen this been like never seen a sort of like gofundme-esque way to like make a toy um or anything like that well from from like a major company or something like that yeah specifically from hasbro that's interesting and i mean i i wonder if they knew it would be very few buyers because like if they were looking to get nine thousand nine thousand is not a large number and if they struggled to meet that i'm sure because of like the size of this one and again the detail funding it like it probably would not have been worth it unless they probably jacked the price up a little more. But um, I'm, I'm sure at that point you're wondering, like, well, will people even buy it at that point? So, yeah, it, bummer that it got canceled. Bummer that it didn't reach the, uh, the threshold of becoming a, a real thing. But I, I had no interest, so I don't blame them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was like they had to, like, people had to, like, put money down or something uh so mm-hmm. like it would justify the production cost but i don't know interesting stuff anyways moving on from that uh let's get into some tv news shall we sure uh, star wars ahsoka has been in the news recently uh we we got recent i think it was like last week that uh, sabine wren had been cast um mm-hmm. yeah natasha lou bordizzo um she was cast as sabine wren but Deadline, coming through with the scoops this week, uh, has some more casting news for Ahsoka. They're reporting that Ivana Sakno, uh, who I believe is a Ukrainian actress, is going to be in the role, uh, in the series, in an undisclosed role. So, interesting stuff. Uh, I wasn't familiar with this actress, but she's most known for her work in Pacific Rim Uprising the spy who dumped me in the hulu series high fidelity um so just interesting stuff all around yeah i um think the fact that ahsoka is getting all these headlines lately for casting is just a good sign that hopefully we will see something from it in the next calendar year you know um in terms of this yeah, in terms of the specific casting, though, like you, I'm not familiar with their work. Shout out Pacific Rim, though. I never saw the sequel, but that first one slaps. I love that movie. Isn't John Boyega in the sequel? He is, yeah. I wonder if there was that uh, Star Wars connection, if that's yeah. how this happened, you know? Who's to say? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, do you think 
that Ahsoka is maybe not next up, but like the show after Kenobi? Um, yeah, I'd say that there's a pretty well. No, I'd say that it's probably after Mandalorian, right? Because oh, sure, the way, yeah, yeah, the way it seems like it's kind of going right now is that it's going to be, uh, you know, Boba Fett and or Kenobi, Mandalorian, and then probably this. Yeah, I, I think maybe late 2022, probably early 2023 is when we'll see Star Wars Ahsoka. I would assume. Yeah, like, I don't expect it to start releasing episodes next year, especially if they're still casting, but I could see a teaser, a trailer, you know, especially if they're probably going to be shooting on the volume sets, so, yeah, yeah, looking forward to this. Well, I mean, like, yes, just just one last point on this. Uh, Since they're casting, that means that they're pretty pretty far into production, I would say, pre-production on this. Like, it's definitely happening, and, like, it will happen in 2022, I'm sure. Um, like filming it and everything but in terms of release 2023 at the earliest yeah um moving on from tv news i did have some interesting stuff about the disney parks christian i know you were just there and we had we had an extensive an extensive discussion about uh, your experience on last week's episode so go check that out um if you're interested but uh we have a new sneak peek video of the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, so this is going to be opening on March 1st, 2022. Um, it's going to, you know, just be this like spaceship that you go into and like have this immersive hotel experience while you like go to Batu and, and Galaxy's Edge at Star Wars in Florida, uh, at, at the Disney in Florida. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, interesting stuff all around that the video seemed pretty cool as well. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. I skimmed. It looks very impressive in terms of the efforts and lengths they went to to make it immersive. Um, but this is out of my price range. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, completely. I think we've talked about this before, but like... It's like at least three thousand dollars, right, or something like that. I think so. Yeah, it's it is pricey. Yeah, uh, if you have like a family of four, I think it goes up to like seven k for like the two nights that you'd stay there. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're you're buying like a you're buying like a whole experience. Um, so you know. Yeah, I remember we went over the pricing, I think, sometime this summer, and then you and I were pissed because they didn't include <laughs> libations, you know? Oh, yes, true. That's true, yeah. They didn't, they don't include any drinks. You have to go to the cantina. And how expensive was it? You went. Uh, for, the, for both drinks? Because we had to get two each. Uh, I think it was like, one of them I had was like 18. I think one was 14. Oh, interesting though. That's that's not so bad. Um, yeah. So it looks like it actually looks like I'm looking for the video right now on YouTube, and it looks like Disney re- <laughs> they deleted the video uh, because oh, it I was thought that's getting... where you're going with this, dude. I didn't know that. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I knew I knew about all the backlash and everything. People people were talking about how it like looked really like silly and like cheesy and stuff. Uh, and then I guess like Disney caved and, and took down the video from YouTube. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was the the next 
follow-up. <laughs> I actually <laughs> literally... Discussion. No, yeah, so they took it down because of the backlash. Because, like... Like I said, it's it's clearly a lot of effort is being put in to make it this charade. But, like, it... I feel like it'll only work on children, you know? It's not like you're getting heavy invested with, like, a ar vr or like hardcore rp sort of thing of like you can only wear this type of clothing here it's like no you're gonna be around probably a dad wearing a guns and roses shirt and (laughs) sunscreen on his bald head or something you know like you're gonna see that because you're in florida but yeah it's it's weird it's 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 a strange experience that is very expensive yeah i mean like i've been saying this the whole time like i think it's only for kids and there are like a lot of adult star wars fans that are like too too excited about this i think (laughs) you know yeah like i under like i think it's cool that they have the in character staff like i think that idea of it is cool it's like hey we're at a hotel and everybody in staff is like in character they're just going along with a bit that concept i think is fine and i think that's fun and like the idea of a on deck maybe bar or entertainment could be cool because it's all contextual but like you can also go to a cantina in the park (laughs) for free (laughs) you just gotta make a reservation you know like um yeah it's a it's I'm glad that this did not come out before my trip because I felt like I probably would have felt the need to save up more for it, but I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's whatever. I mean, we'll we'll have to see what it's actually like when it is, you know, out for the public, like in March. Um, so it could be cool. Like, we'll have to see what people actually think about it. Also, half the initial appeal was that I thought they were going to make the real lightsaber only available to people who stayed on the hotel. And then we found out very recently that they're not even selling that thing for people. That's just for staff and cast members. So like, yeah, what's the point? (laughs) See, I thought, I thought originally that it was going to be part of some sort of like attraction maybe, or like whatever, if it wasn't going to be like for sale, but yeah, like when you go, when you go, you can't even touch it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's kind of silly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what people think about it. Yeah. Uh, when it, Disney, when it, Disney parks, if you'd like us to be proven wrong, I'm sure we would both be open to receiving a vacation package to review for the podcast, but I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you hear us, Bobby? Yes. Across, so. across the hollow net to Bob Iger. Who I don't even think is in Disney. No, it's Bob Chapek. Oh, Bob Chapek. Bob 2. (laughs) Bob 2.0. Yeah. Through the hollow net. Let us into Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser for free. Um, Anyways, uh, I did a little update on Bring Home the Bounty. There's some interesting stuff they're releasing for the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, You got these cool diff Boba Fett aviator sunglasses. I don't know if you're checking those out. Those are pretty sick, to be honest. I'm looking up bringing home the bounty as we speak, but I do get those recommended to me on Instagram all the time. Yeah, I mean they're pretty cool. It has like the T thing, 
you know, like uh, the man, like Boba Fett's uh, the Mandalorian like face helmet mm-hmm. face. Uh, so that's pretty cool. There's also an Amazon exclusive pop figures of uh, Mando and Grogu. Uh, Grogu looks cute as always. It's Grogu using the Force, and then also Mandalorian with Grogu. So you know, double Grogu here. Those are nice. I will say uh, I might buy that Boba Fett Black Series because it is row with Boba. And that's what I wanted this whole time. So true. Have to go I mean, on that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Because um, that so there are also these two Black Series, like you said, there's the robed Boba Fett from the Book of Boba Fett. And there's also this really cool one, Fennec Shand. Um, yeah. And the Fennec Shand one, I think I might pick up because she looks cool. So hell yeah. Um, and then what I thought was really cool is that there's a $270 uh, Yoda fountain statue. So this, you, you know, you know the Skywalker Sound uh, or Skywalker Ranch Yoda fountain, Christian. Yes. Uh, yeah, they did a replica of that, and you can buy it for 270 bucks. Pretty cool. Um, very detailed, officially licensed. It's like a limited run. They're only doing like 1,200 of them, I believe, and that's it. Uh, it it looks really cool and really detailed that is very cool i'm looking at it right now it looks quality it looks like something that's probably worth it um as a collector or a longtime fan of lucasfilm you know it it looks nice um i will say glaring omission from the doc mike we got special edition star wars heelys oh really yeah it was further down on the page oh my god Um, how did i miss that yeah you're right wow yeah, so get those Heelys while you're at it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then also, uh, Christian and I forgot to talk about this last week, but if you have an Xbox uh, and you have Star Wars The Clone Wars or the Episode 3 game that we talk about a lot on this podcast, you can play that on your Xbox through backwards compatibility. And if you don't have the disc, you can buy it on the Marketplace. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um love the episode three game but i don't have an xbox so that's a shame that's unfortunate i do have it it is 10 bucks first time it hits a sale i'm picking that thing up oh yeah well it'll, it'll hit it it's gonna hit the sale soon i'm sure oh yeah <laughs> <clears throat> all right well that does it for bring home the bounty some good stuff in there definitely gonna pick up that fennec shand black series uh she looks really cool in that. Um, yeah. I also saw, I think the other day on Twitter, uh, Ming-Na Wen was tweeting because I think it was like the two-year anniversary of Fennec Shan being introduced through Mandalorian in 2019. So oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to Ming-Na Wen in Star Wars. One of the coolest additions, I would have to say. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Big, big fan. And I love also that within two years she's also been featured in a different era with bad batch so like getting a pulse on her in the clone wars i'm very glad we've been able to do that too oh for sure for sure um yeah good stuff all around really love her character really excited to see and get that black series um so why don't we move on to the meat and potatoes of today's episode christian sure uh we are finishing our rewatch of the Skywalker saga with the 
acclaimed, <laughs> critically acclaimed, uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I watched it. Christian, did you watch it? I did. Um, and now we're going to talk about it. So this movie came out in 2019. Uh, we originally did this rewatch, uh, uh, this uh, the watch of the Skywalker saga leading up to watching the rise of Skywalker in the theaters. And man, do I remember being disappointed. Christian. <laughs> I remember I, one of my favorite tweets I ever tweeted, Mike was, I think beforehand or maybe on the podcast, like the episode we've recorded before seeing it, I was like, oh, whatever the thing is, I will tweet out a photo of my face as a reaction to the theater experience. <laughs> and I remember I can visualize perfectly the image and uh it has stuck with me to this day uh describe describe the image was it was it disappointment was it confusion i am in a cold i'm in a cold car with a scarf and heavy jacket on looking out the windshield uh with a blank stare and kind of a neutral uh empty expression (laughs) yeah um i will say Fun story, uh, when we saw it, uh, myself and Pat Maroney, shout out, we were running late because we got out of work late and had to make the show, and we were starving, and we went to Taco Bell beforehand because it was on the way to the theater. There we go. And I was going to say, we had to. he ordered us two large Baja Blasts that I had to try and get into the theater. So. If I remember correctly, you successfully did get those into the theater, right? I did, yes. I had an inside jacket pocket that was very easy to hide that. It was a puffy jacket. Pat was like, he was very clearly <laughs> struggling. <laughs> but, Pat was oh, not man. as lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say the theater experience, though, and like seeing it with you and Pat, and I know Jack was there with some other uh, people you guys are friends with, like that was a good experience. It was nice talking about it afterwards. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, like it's always fun to go see a Star Wars movie in the theaters. Like that's mm-hmm. that's always fun, and I'll never forget the moments that I do get to go see one of those movies for the first time in a in a movie theater. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll never forget that. But you know, there are some things that you also can't forget, and that would be, you know, plot and story <laughs> of which i think this movie struggles <laughs> um overall i'm gonna give my overall take on this movie um on a rewatch i enjoy it a little bit more just because of the fact that it is like really fun like it it does a lot of like fun stuff like and it's filled with action and like cool fight scenes um but i don't really think that this story is like this this movie's story is like structurally sound um <laughs> i think it does a lot of like weird stuff um and then when you look at the trilogy as a whole uh the sequel trilogy as a whole including the rise of skywalker um it just feels like it's missing something in my opinion um and i don't think this movie really does anything to help that uh, those are my broad strokes broad takes here I don't hate this movie. I might hate what it stands for, 
in terms of its place in the trilogy. Not even hate. It's just like I, I, I it feels weak. You know, like it feels like a weak ending. It feels like a weak response, and. I think my main issue is that it just it feels like it buckled uh, because of everything that Finn has in this movie, some of the answers we get that didn't feel like we needed answers to. But in terms of an actual movie, uh, it's a fine movie, I think. Like, it's fun to watch. I don't hate the movie. I think it's a fun movie at times, but I just think at the time I wanted more out of it, especially after The Last Jedi where it feels it's like french fries like it's empty calories yes Uh, exactly and i think maybe the force awakens is like some like some baconator fries where like you get a bit more sustenance out of it and then this is just it's you eat the bottom of a large fry you know you get to the bottom and you're like i don't feel great but you're all, and you're and you're eating like the the crusty sort of like a little bit too well done ones too. Sure, yeah. Like yeah. I speaking with a lot of metaphors, you know. Like I, it's it's my least favorite Star Wars movie. It was since I saw it. It still is. Um, spoilers, but I don't think it's bad. Like um, bad, bad. No, I don't think it's bad, bad. Spoilers. It's also my least favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't know, man. Like, it just does it just does a lot of stuff that like it didn't have to do, like you were talking about. And I guess I guess why don't we just get the the elephant sure. in the room? Can can I throw yes. one clarification out there? Yeah. When I said I hate what it stands for, I mean that in the fact that it, it's an artificial box that they put themselves in. Because up until we got that first trailer, I had no idea that this was the last Skywalker saga movie. You know. True. And so yeah. so many of the problems with this movie come with it being the final movie, I think. So fundamentally on that level, I do not like the decisions in terms of the moment-to-moment character stuff. Like, there's a lot of things I don't enjoy. And I don't really like the movie, but it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the movie's not bad. Like, I guess, like, it is a Star Wars movie on some level. Like, that is good. But, like, you know, I just... I would agree with you in the sense that like they didn't have to make this one the last one in the skywalker saga and honestly it doesn't make a lot of sense being that because it doesn't like there's no real sense of closure like i said like it feels it feels empty like it feels like there's nothing here like nothing of substance um but i do want to talk about some like the main story points that happen in this movie because i I would like to see you know if our opinions on them have changed uh, or maybe have just like we've become more set in our ways since we've seen it uh, together the first time and reviewed it. Um, but yeah, J.J. Abrams directed this one, um, and they basically take every interesting thing that Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi and threw it out the window, in my opinion. Um, specifically the fact that Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi tells Rey that she's a nobody, um, I, I really, I really enjoyed that story point, and I really like that in her characterization and everything. I think that's really strong, but they kind of just redact that in this and re- retract that, and just come up with some sort of like lineage, family, 
uh, story for for Ray, which I don't really appreciate. I think there's not much emotion behind it, so it's not very convincing. Yeah, I mean, I I think. I think it's silly. I think the like having Palpatine in to the extent he's in in this movie and his like overarching presence for it, including Ray's lineage, feels very last minute. You know, in terms of making it feel like it's a finale. But the idea that Ray is a descendant of a Palpatine doesn't really bother me personally because, like by blood sure she's a palpatine but she she lived like what 15 to 20 years of her life as a nobody so like in terms of her character i don't think it changes much that she's of that legacy outside of that feeling that she she thinks she's just just gonna mess up and become a sith which sure that gives us a, a moment between her and luke that i think is interesting but um outside of the fact that palpatine just wants her to become young again like i don't think her being a palpatine is a major point of contention for me even though i do like that the the meaning behind her being a nobody in the past i think that's on a thematic level i prefer that but in terms of her character i don't think her being a palpatine really changes much in terms of the arc yeah. she goes through i guess i should have clarified i, I think it, I, I was thinking about it more in terms of like the theme like of, yeah you know like there's a reason why she's so powerful now you know whereas mm -hmm. like there could have been just no reason like entropy could have been the reason like it like she just is and like yeah she's like a nobody like she, you know she doesn't have like any famous uh force users in her lineage but like you know they chose to go a different way with it which is fine i guess and i think you're right like in a way it doesn't really change her character because she still had to go through that experience as a person but like just what it means like on a broader level i think it was sort of just completely like buried um which i don't really appreciate like to be honest i i i do really like the fact that they were seemingly going to lean in on on ray being nobody Ray just being powerful because she is the way that she is um and her having to like come to grips with that um but then to just like kind of turn it around to me at least see like at the last minute to me at least seems kind of cheesy i don't know if that makes sense no i get what you're saying and i think also they were in a position where they could have had that like zero to hero style origin of being a nobody and still have the palpatine thing with ray because you have that character in your main cast in terms of i'm a nobody and i'm going to become a hero with finn but again i i put most of the issue with finn's character as an arc on this movie specifically because they just double down on him being what he was before like there's no growth for finn really outside of the fact that he thinks he's force sensitive and he doesn't say it you know like i mean yeah uh, that's that's not even said it's just heavily implied too like yeah because like within the individual movies i think his character in seven and eight does interesting things and makes logical progression and here it's just like and then he stopped after that and then he got really good at being a captain you know where 
I, I guess technically you have a zero to hero story there, but it's not a focus. It's not uh, anything equal to Ray's spotlight or even Ben in terms of a character growth. And even if we all pretend that Kylo was always lying to her in eight and she always was a Palpatine, you could have, like I said, you could have had that I'm a nobody and I saved the galaxy thing with Finn and they just didn't do anything with that. Definitely, man. I mean, I think we've talked about this a lot on the podcast about how it would be it would have been really cool if they like sort of explored Finn's force sensitivity in, in these movies and like maybe even had him become like a full-fledged Jedi at some point. But, you know, it Episode is what 10. it is. It is what it is. Episode 10. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, but can we talk just a little bit more zeroing in on the decision to bring Palpatine back and the way in which it was done? Um, you mean through Fortnite? <laughs> yes. Uh, for those of you who, for those of you who don't know, uh, they released the message that they talk about from Palpatine um, on on Fortnite before the movie came out, um, and it was the message that they referred to. Um, spread across the galaxy in the opening crawl to the rise of skywalker and that was originally on fortnite so yeah fun stuff and that's the only place it was released it might be somewhere else now but leading up to the movie that was part of the marketing so yeah interesting baffling i mean baffling absolutely baffling uh (laughs) but yeah um i just think that the whole Palpatine coming back thing is like really forced. Um, it doesn't really make much sense to be honest. Like I, like there's like a vague connection with like, you know, Palpatine and Snoke. I mean, he, he, Palpatine does say that he like sort of pulled Snoke's strings from the outside looking in, but like, it just seems like a convenient way to like, just write him in. Um, Whereas, like, I would have liked to see some sort of, like, other forces be at play. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's where yeah. I stand on it. I mean, again, I, I think fundamentally the idea of Palpatine returning for the final story is not a problem. It's not no. flawed because... Uh-huh. You, it's a it's a fantasy story you can make it make sense it's just the way it's implemented i agree with you it does feel kind of forced just for the sake of feeling like it's gonna have some finality to it where i think in hindsight and again star wars is weird because a lot of the time it works backwards it, yeah. when like it gives us an ending and it's like okay so now we're gonna fill in all these gaps and explain how we got there in expanded material right. so getting the the hinting of clones in mandalorian seeing some some maybe easter eggs in bad batch like i think that's fun and i think we could eventually get to a point where the return to palpatine feels earned because it could have been and it should have been but it's just retroactive in a way that feels retroactive yeah i see what you're coming i see what you're saying i understand where you're coming from i just think that with something this like cataclysmic i feel like it should be explained in the movie like you know what i mean i just like yeah like it's explained that he like cloned himself i guess um but that's like really it um i only just always think about that one scene with poe dameron (laughs) he's just like somehow 
Palpatine has returned. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, aren't we all thinking that? <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems, like, really convenient. They just, like, tr- they try to, like, not focus on that at all. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm back. Like, we're just going to go with it. Um, yeah, props to, to me, Oscar Isaac for that delivery. <laughs> yeah, it's, he really spoke through the camera. In that. Yeah. <laughs> uh you could tell that there was a little bit of personal, like, how how is this happening? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just don't... I, I Personally, I don't really like how he was... Or Palpatine was just sort of... Seemed like he was written in at the last moment. Like, the way that they introduce it and the way that, like, you had to have that, like, prior marketing knowledge to even, like, have the context of, like, what is going on just seemed silly to me. And it still does. Yeah, because... I, I think the thing that gets me about it, too, is, like, I feel that could have been a third final movie reveal. Like, I think that could have been something that works. I just, like, I don't even change anything about 7 and 8. I think in 9, you could have made that reveal work. It's just the way it's presented feels so unceremonious, you know? Um, That's true. Yeah, it's just, like, at the beginning, you're just like, oh, he's back. Okay. But, yeah, like... You I, like don't include him in the marketing. To have Kylo Ren have like nightmares of Snoke, and he goes to Snoke's grave, and he like digs up the thing to make sure he's dead, and then he just melts into uh, Ian McDermott. And he's like, "I was me the whole time," you know. Like, the, <laughs> I feel like that's a better way to treat it. It's like, damn, that guy is evil. He's gonna find a way, you know. Yeah. Uh, but this is like first few minutes. He's Kylo Ren climbs down a shaft and he's there this whole time he's he was there it's like oh wow neat (laughs) (laughs) i have to say i do like the beginning of this movie uh i do think like seeing kylo ren like like mess up some guys on on uh, a reclaimed and uh growing mustafar is really interesting um Mm -hmm. I just like that whole opening sequence. I think it's really cool. And like the cinematography is cool. Like wherever Palpatine is underneath that like floating black rock or something. <laughs> yeah. I just I just think it's really cool. Um, no, yeah, I, I like the introduction. And I do think the initial reveal is good. Like lowercase g, good. Um, yeah, but that might just be my nostalgia for Palpatine. Um, and then immediately I'm taken out of it because he just repeats a line that we all think is iconic you know it's like uh that's the thing i feel like so much of this movie it just like it feels cheapened at times it's it's fun and i'm doing like the leo pointing at the tv meme all the time but like i don't really feel anything when i'm pointing you know yeah yeah i mean it's yeah it's very leo pointing at the tv energy um yeah but but without the emotion um because like I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but, like, a perfect example of that is, I mean, I mean, not really, like, making a reference or anything, but Chewbacca. Right. Like, Chewie, the fake out, like, that was just when cheap. that happened, yeah, when that happened in the theater, I was like, wow, this movie has gall. It has the audacity. That's what I wanted right. after episode eight. And I was like, damn, I, they really killed Chewie. And then two minutes later it's like oh nope okay that's that's when it really lost me i was like okay like screw me uh like the first time that i had watched this movie i was like wow (laughs) yeah because like on a rewatch 
just framing it off of like the updated viewing it's like what's the point of that now you know it was like it was just for shock value and it was a gag kind of but it's like you're making a gag based off of people's attachment to this character for 40 years that's weird yeah but okay (laughs) i mean like it would have been so much more impactful if like yeah say like what if ray did accidentally kill chewbacca (laughs) would be crazy i know dude like because the thing is the initial theater experience when that happened i was like we're turning a page that i didn't think we were turning now and i'm in and uh on a rewatch that happens and still shout out to daisy Ridley's delivery there because she sells it uh but like it just feels like we're wasting time you know for the next like this five minutes because it's like well i I know he's alive (laughs) it cheapens it no it cheapens it for sure and and like that's ultimately that's what it does it sort of just like wastes time that they could have like spent on other things you know because like they they do like have that moment where like she feels really bad and like all that kind of stuff and it's like it's all like doesn't mean anything they're just gonna go save him (laughs) yeah and then there's like some really weird tension between her and finn where she's like you don't know who i am and it's like i mean you guys have been friends for like three years (laughs) like yeah do you know who you are like you just beca- you just got told you're palpatine it's like eh, i don't know it's movies all over the place movie is all over the place i do think one of the coolest sequences in this movie and i know i'm jumping around a lot uh, well I, I do think i do think kylo ren kylo ren not ben solo i do think kylo ren was a bit shafted in this movie uh he kind of goes really? back to being yeah he kind of goes back to being like I don't know he's like he's he's just like the whiny kid that he was in like seven <laughs> whereas in like eight i felt like we sort of like left off on like a point where like he was just like kind of turning a page in his own like way of being and all that kind of stuff but he just goes back to being like angry and well like having a bad temper and all that kind of stuff which is like you know fine i guess that's just his character but like <laughs> yeah like i think the the idea of kylo ren consistently being this whiny like child i think is still good and i like that because that's him to me but i think leaving off of eight the idea of him taking on this new like mantle of responsibility um he is still that kid underneath it all like with that mindset so now he's just surrounded by yes men basically that have to do what he says right but i i it's weird because we leave eight with him being the dominant threat in the galaxy and then at the beginning of nine the regression i don't like is that he's taking orders again but this time from palpatine right now um but i do like that whole sequence where they go to um i forget which planet that it's it's called to be quite honest with you um but it's the snowy one where they find Babu Frick and like <laughs> he like does mm-hmm. some stuff to C-3PO and also Zori Bliss is there and you get that like kind of interesting subplot with like Poe Dameron and her. Um, you get some more context on Poe Dameron and, and whatnot. Um, I just think that the, like all that stuff leading up to um, all that stuff leading up to the fight that ray and kylo ren have like through the force i think that is like really really cool i really love that (laughs) um yeah i think that's cool and it's a nice progression of the the force timing right 
but like Lord Simon, yep. Yeah, even like with their dialogue scenes in this movie, I, I just feels a bit more static in terms of like the the way they talk to each other back and forth. Um, but the the battle scene I do think is a highlight, and that's a cool use of that force thing that they had going. Yeah, I just like I just like the I don't know like the changes between like they're outside but they're like now they're inside the ship and now they're outside and they're inside the ship in kyle's bedroom and stuff like that i just think that's really Mm -hmm. cool Um, yeah all cool stuff all around um but yeah i I guess do you want to talk about how this movie ends sure because i feel like that was a big discussion point back in the day and um i i don't think i ever hated the ending i i think it's just kind of safe to a fault in a lot of ways where i remember we did our predictions episode and i was like it's gonna end on tatooine twin sons and then it actually ends that way and i was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) um but in terms of like the way the battle concludes and everything like i like that ray is able to win without attacking like that's very in line with the jedi and all that um just the final battle overall kind of again just feels uninspired to me yeah i mean it just seems to me it's kind of ridiculous to be honest like you got you got horses riding on a on a star destroyer in space no that part's cool you think that's cool (laughs) okay yeah yeah okay i think that's cool (laughs) i don't think that's cool i think it's kind of silly um i th- but the thing like the thing i i think that's why it's cool it's still it's cool because it's stupid where everything else in that final act is like so predictable like you have the fleet of ships showing up last minute and you got I don't know. Like it's so paint by numbers, and then all of a sudden they're like, "We're gonna ride horses on the star destroyer." It's like that. Yes, that's something new and fun. Okay, I see where you're coming from, but I mean, yeah. To me, to me, the whole like you know point where like Poe Dameron's like, "That's it, like we're done," and then he hears like uh, he hears Falcon say, "On your left." No, I'm just kidding. He, he, yeah. he hears he hears Lando say like you're not alone you have us or whatever and then like all of the ships come out of like nowhere um is very much avengers endgame and it's just so obvious and it makes me cringe every time dude it's i think it's upsetting because endgame was earlier that year you know and then on on a rewatch like obviously love the star wars theme it's cool seeing you're hearing that and seeing the falcon at the same time but i remember i saw the shot of the fleet in a trailer the day of Um, and in theater i was like this this i feel absolutely nothing right now and i i don't fully feel that way anymore like like i said seeing the falcon with the music again is like oh nice yeah now it's full-blown action time we can get on with it but yeah it's very clearly going for something that does not feel earned i think 
yeah i mean to me it doesn't feel earned and and it's just the comparisons to avengers endgame are too strong for me to like completely ignore those to be honest mm-hmm. um, that's my opinion on it though um i realized we didn't talk about um the death star scene where ray and kylo fight on the death star that's kind of that's a really cool set piece in my opinion i know i'm kind of like mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth um and i do it's fine the movie does too yeah i do appreciate i do think that kylo ren and him turning to the light side is is done well i think if there's anything in this movie that's done well it's that and to this day i'm still surprised that they got harrison ford to come back um uh i just think that his repetition of the line like from from the force awakens like i like i know i'd have to do but i don't have the strength to do it is really good um and him throwing away his lightsaber in the in the ocean is just a very powerful moment to me yeah the entire sequence from ray getting on the death star to him throwing his saber away is maybe my favorite part of the movie um because it feels like there's it genuinely feels like there's stakes it's a well-presented lightsaber fight it's new um it's these two characters butting heads again um and at its core it's what the main lightsaber fights that i enjoy have where it's a fight that is like rooted on the drama behind it not necessarily the spectacle and this is a bit more of a spectacle fight but you know in terms of the movie as a whole it's like it is the one fight that feels like there are genuine this weight behind every swing you know um and i i like that in my star wars movies so uh yeah and then ray you know ben solo flying over texacal to help out ray i thought that was pretty cool um the very end though with ray what uh, was it ben solo that like takes the life force from i forget how why am i completely forgetting ray dies and then ben gives her his his life force Yes. yes okay i think that is interesting i like that a lot um but why does he have to die I don't know i just feel like it's kind of cheap that they're like completely getting rid of kylo ren similar to how we think that finn and ray could have interesting um you know stories after episode nine i feel like kylo ren or ben solo could have too but yeah um well yeah they they win against <laughs> the emperor and uh everything in the galaxy is good uh ray takes the name ray skywalker which i dislike a lot really super cheesy and it doesn't doesn't hit for me at all christian um that's my personal opinion and that's the end of the movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i i think the ray skywalker thing is another thing i don't think i ever had a problem with um because i think for ray's character having like leaving off on a note that's like she found family when she was waiting for them is like a nice way to complete the arc um again i think the way it's presented is a bit (laughs) strange but um 
yeah, in terms of her taking the name, I don't have a problem with, like, at all. Because people do that all the time. It makes sense for her character. Um, it's just the way it's... Again, I think the way it's handled and presented is just a little... Not silly or maybe silly, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you could have done it in a different way and it would have maybe worked for more people. But at its core, I I think it's fitting for her to do that yeah i mean i i I guess so i just i don't know i it just doesn't hit for me on an emotional level like like it did for some other people to me it just comes Mm -hmm. off as really cheesy i don't know i just i I think it's obvious i don't really like this movie that much christian Mm -hmm. um but you know it is a star wars movie at the end of the day and on some level it is fun to watch yeah, I I don't hate revisiting this, you know? Like, I th- I think it's a interesting way to leave off after doing a rewatch. Um, I think it will probably always... Unless we get a real bad Star Wars movie, I don't think it will ever leave the bottom slot on my ranking. It certainly didn't this time. But, um, yeah, what is your updated star wars ranking uh why don't you go first i need to pull mine up real quick okay um so last place for me ninth place is rise of skywalker eighth place is attack of the clones seventh is phantom menace sixth is a new hope fifth is the force awakens fourth is return of the jedi third is revenge of the sith second is the last jedi and first is empire I cannot find my list, so I'm going to try to do it off the dome. Go for um, it. Empire Strikes Back, number one. Revenge of the Sith, number two. Uh, was it Return of the Jedi is number three? Yeah. I think so. Uh, A New Hope, number four. Phantom Menace. Oh, wait. I'm getting it all messed up. Messed yeah, up. I thought you had Last Jedi pretty high this time. Dude, I forget. Uh, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have it written down, to be honest with you. Just know that Christian and I are, are pretty much the same. Uh, I like some movies more than him, but I got Rise of Skywalker last. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think that's surprising based off of what we talk about with our star wars picks and which ones resonated with us the most on a rewatch because like for me i said this with episode eight it feels like the only other star wars movie with intent behind it outside of just being a star wars movie and this is the only goal that episode nine had was to be a star wars movie and to be the final star wars movie so to me, it, it ranks with six other movies, and it's at the bottom of those six. So, well, uh, well, yeah, that's it. That's our Skywalker saga rewatch and review. Good stuff. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Christian? I would like to reiterate, I am absolutely 1 million percent super 
excited even and down to see an episode 10 with uh finn ray and poe returning i would i'd be way down for that i would be there day one and i kind of want it to happen honestly because i feel like there is untapped potential with that cast and stories can be told with them i so, hope it, i'm I hope down it happens man I, I agree with you i hope it happens yeah for as much as i don't love episode nine and I actively don't like parts of it, I, I would still be very, very excited to return to these characters, for sure. Definitely. So. All right, Christian, why don't you take us out to see my man? Sure. Uh, where can everybody find you, Mike? Follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. Very nice. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at Chun2D2, youtube.com slash joyclicks for Game Awards stuff, Game of the Year stuff, uh, haul a game if uh, Star Wars gets in. Maybe it'll get in finally. Maybe it'll get. Or it's bit. We've had a game brought before. I think Jack oh, brought yeah. Battlefront 2 last time. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. YouTube.com/slash JoyClicks for all that stuff. If you want the weekly release of Jedi Knights, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you can, rating and reviewing the show takes a quick second and helps us out a ton, and we appreciate it. It gets the show to more people. If you want to support the shows monetarily, you can do that on patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks, you'll get producer credit on every show we do, like Aaron Easton and Charles Applin. So thank you very much. And that is going to do it for this episode of Jedi Knights, Mike. A pleasure, as always, next week. We will be back, and there is a chance we might have some Game Awards stuff to talk about. Hopefully. 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 But we'll just have to wait and see. So until then, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Beep is up.